seated. You may be seated tonight. The Lord bless you. I want to say uh, to each of you that either participated, helped out in any way for Sunday's, last Sunday's harvest party, what a rousing success it was. What a wonderful time we had. I'm not going to glorify the devil in any way, shape, or form, but we had a wonderful time. We had visitors. We had a record number of people there. God, God is doing a good work, and I am excited about it. And he's going to use your hands and your minds and your intentions and your works and your efforts and your labor. Hallelujah. 500, why not? That is nothing to the Lord Jesus Christ. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. This is just the word night in case you're wondering what that might mean. Normally we have gifted musicians up here and talented praise singers and we're thankful for them. But just to let everybody know that we do not live off of music. We do not need rhythm and driving um, song rate. We, we, we just need the Lord and the Word of God. That's all we need. And so the last Wednesday of every month, it's just the Word. Hallelujah. I did make a note for you leaders and musicians on the November lineup for who does what for each service that at random I may ask us to go a cappella. So you might have practiced and been ready to sing a wonderful solo, whatever, and I Again, I will try to do my best to accommodate you, but we're just going to be random and do a couple extra services without the help of music. Is that all right? Somebody say amen. amen. Looking into the word of the Lord with you tonight, welcome to our visitors tonight. I'm so glad to see you in the house of God on Wednesday night. You are the reason the lights are on tonight. Hallelujah. When they came into Jerusalem on triumphant entry, in Luke 19, and Jesus was coming, and all of his followers were just so passionately worshiping him. They were laying palm leaves down before his every footstep, and the Pharisees got all upset about it, and they said to Jesus, tell these men of yours to calm down. What's going on here? Don't they know? Don't they know religion has to be controlled and quiet? And Jesus said, I'll tell you what. If these hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. It's just something about being in the presence of God. Someone's going to be thankful. Someone's going to worship. Someone's going to be grateful for everything God is doing. Matthew chapter 6 tonight, I invite you to read with me. Matthew chapter 6, a setting of scriptures from what we call the Lord's Prayer. We didn't coin the phrase. It was just commonly offered, and we've accepted and gone with it. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you know that the the name of the Lord is holy tonight? It's not to be taken lightly, certainly not to be taken in vain. It's a holy name. It's a name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Hallowed be thy name. Verse 10, please. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Thank you, Jesus. Verse, verse number 11, and give us this day our daily bread. I want to talk tonight from those last three words, our daily bread. Say it with me, our daily bread. Not weekly bread, not monthly bread, not seasonally bread, but our daily bread. Brother and sister, you can go days without natural food, but you can't go one day without the spiritual bread of life. Our daily bread. God, we thank you for your word tonight, what you're doing, what you've done. Thank you for the folks on Facebook tonight paying attention. Bless them. Let your word feed every heart, every ear, every mind, every soul. And we'll give you all the glory for it in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Our daily bread. Praise the Lord. Our daily bread. The Roman Empire had no sooner reached the peak of its power than it began the process of inward decay. Excess. In every area of daily living began to take its toll on the lives of its citizens. Corruption, I read, bulged at every level of governmental authority. Josephus, the Roman historian, said that even as it became, I'm quoting, even as it became apparent that the days of the Roman Empire were numbered, there were no changes in their lifestyle. No remorse, no repentance, even as they saw their impression being lessened. It was as if, Josephus says, the entire country was without the will to correct its deadly ills, unquote. As if its citizens were drugged, sedated, and contributing to their own personal demise. The rich gorged themselves on exotic foods and they drank from lead goblets. In time, the wealthy, more than the non-wealthy, began suffering symptoms of poisoning. Overnight, death became a frequent reporting of the wealthy. The poor, not so much. They were stricken, but not so much as the wealthy. Finally, someone recognized the highly prized goblets, the lead goblets were the problem. Every drink they had taken from those goblets was contributing to their own poisoning. But the goblet was a status symbol. Anybody that was somebody drank from lead goblets. Every single day, I said daily, they contributed to their own physical demise. How could the most intelligent of men in this great movement be so deceived? Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. The wisest man that ever lived said, it's just the little foxes. The little things that spoil the vines. They gnaw and they chew, and they wear, and they scratch, and they work. They don't just consume in one bite. 
They just keep working and keep working and keep annoying. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 7, there's a people that are ever learning. Ever learning. Knowledge would be greatly increased. Daniel 12, 4. I know you don't have that. That's okay. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. We are not so foolish tonight, I know, to voluntarily give ourselves to consume anything that will contribute to our demise. I give you that. I know that about us. But it would benefit us considerably. It would profit us greatly if we would more closely examine what we daily feed our souls. Can I get a witness from somebody? The things we put into our minds every single day. It seems second nature to us. It seems normal, as normal as breathing to us. We look at this. We listen to that. We watch that. We're impressed by this. And I'm quoting tonight anything you could find for yourself. Thinking that his Roman Republic needed freedom, deliverance from Julius Caesar's, Caesar's dictatorship, Brutus led this violent revolt to assassinate him. Sixty senators voted in full favor of removing him from governmental authority. You know the rest of the story, don't you? And they took knives, instruments of blunt force, and removed him by taking his life. The problem was this. History says that Brutus's actions only plunged the Roman Empire into a massive civil war. He thought that's what they need, but it made it worse than it was. Why do wicked men, why don't wicked men seek the Lord Jesus Christ and answers of peace and true change? Why don't people that have at their wit's end say, I can't take this world anymore, why don't they turn to a source that has the ability to change what's wrong? Instead of taking matters in their own evil hands, why don't men and women, young and old, educated or ignorant, seek for help that's divine? 1 John 5, 19, the writer said the whole world, King James said lieth, it means lives in wickedness. The whole world, the systems of the world. It's not meaning every person not in the church. It means the systems of the world are only developed and live upon the power of wickedness. Jeremiah said in Lamentation 3.51, he said that my eye, my eye affects my heart. Not the blood pump, but the soul. The place where you, where you decipher what's right or what's wrong. The place of your mind where you figure out, I, I need that or I'm going to stay far away from that. Jeremiah said, my eye affects that place of my life. I'll tell you what my take, at least why wicked men don't turn to the Lord more often. It's not that they don't know there's help there. It's that the content of their mind has affected the destiny of their soul. 
Some of you aren't listening. That's all right tonight. I said because the content of their mind, what they've watched, what they've heard, what they've touched, what they've consumed, what they've been influenced by, who they love, who they let in their, in their close circles of life, who, who inspires them, who gives them advice, has affected the destiny of their soul. And it's as if sometimes we're so deeply involved we can't get out. Tell me I'm not right when I say that there is lewd gesture in almost every, I should say, in so much present-day literature available to young and old. Lewd gesture in every regard. Suggestive material. Offer to excite the passion of my base desires. It's anywhere. Stand in the grocery store line. It's there. It's everywhere. It's feeding my eye, which is affecting my mind. Conversations that breed distrust. Criticisms and backbiting only hurt the conversationalist. Ephesians 5.12 said it's a shame, King James Version, to even speak of those things done of them in secret. CEV, it's disgusting to even talk about. That's pretty plain. There's just some conversations. My mind can't afford to go down that road with a person. I don't even need to see a picture. I just don't need my mind to go down that road. And Paul said, I didn't say that. Paul said, it's shameful. It's disgusting. But enough of that. Let me just turn the wheel a little bit to the right or in the right direction. The Lord said, I should be asking for my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Something that I haven't contrived, something I haven't concocted, something my evil mind at times hasn't inspired or conspired to create. Give us this day our daily bread bread, not the bread of deception and moral decay, but the bread of the word of Almighty God. The psalmist said in 101 verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Somebody help me preach tonight. I'm going to set no wicked things. Well, if I come into your home, or I come into, I don't mean your home, I know you don't do that, but if I just happen to go somewhere, it's my obligation not to feast on that garbage, but to get my eyes away from it so that my mind isn't consumed by it. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. See, this is what happens when you receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. This is what happens, what I'm about to say, when you receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. God gives you an appetite for holy things now. 
When people tell me, when people tell me I've been in the church all these years, talking tongues quite regularly, but I just can't get over my porn addiction. I just can't get over my hatred. I'm like, really? I, uh, that doesn't seem to equate to me. If you are full of the Holy Ghost, I'm not judging anybody. I'm judging nobody. But if we're genuinely filled with the Holy Ghost, I know for certain he gives us a brand new appetite, a brand new desire for things that don't create in me an evil thought pattern. Now, if you're struggling with that and you have had the Holy Ghost, I'm not putting you down. You don't know me if you want to judge me on that regard. I'm just saying it's time to get back to where you once were, where the first love of God's Spirit was what you thought about morning, noon, and night. It's easy to get distracted. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Things can just creep into my life. But when I got the Holy Ghost, Brother Larry, God just gave me a different appetite. I didn't want to do the things I used to do. I'm not saying I'm better than you if you still do the things I used to do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I don't want to do them anymore. They don't appeal to me anymore. I don't pine for it any longer. I don't want to be in that anymore. It's disgusting. It's shameful. It's literally, to me, the taste buds of the soul. They just want to feast on godliness now. I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm just simply saying when the Holy Ghost came in, those desires went out. And the more I daily feed on the bread of God's word, the less impact all of the wickedness that's out there has on my soul. If I just straddle the line and say, well, no one's looking. Hey, why not have a good time, man? No one's going to see. Hey, hey, no one knows what I'm doing. I don't have to answer to anybody here. But inside of your soul, something's triggered every time. Inside of your brain, your mind, something is triggered every time those appetites are fed. But the taste buds change. Fifty plus coming Friday. Funny, but funny thing about it, I, I just, I, I even eat differently now than I did literally then. And 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 just some things just don't taste right to me anymore. If you're of any age at all, you know your tastes change, right? In life, somehow popcorn just, I pray that never happens with me. But there's just some things. Things just don't interest me anymore. I don't know. I just you to grow out of them, I guess. I'm talking about natural foods. Hallelujah. Taste buds change. Amen. The writer said that we have been brought out of darkness, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, and into his marvelous light. That's what happens. It's not that you get qualified to be among the holy of holies. It's that he brings us out of darkness. And so that, that influence or that impression that feeds my, through my eyes into my mind or through my ears into my mind, it's changed all of a sudden now. I get more, 
pleasure out of innocent fun than I ever did out of dark fun. I get more fun out of tossing the baseball or basketball or football around anymore than I ever did junk I don't even want to talk about because it's shameful. Well, I've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm not looking to go back. I've been brought out. You've been brought out. I don't want to go back into that darkness. The psalmist said this, oh, taste and see. What am I tasting? The daily bread of God's goodness. Every day, God, God, you are so good to me. I, I, don't want, I don't want to get off track here, but I want to say this. Praise in our life works. Praising the Lord works. I'm telling you, when you intentionally steer your thoughts and your words toward praising him. You, you may be driving down the road and have, you may be driving down the road and have, you know, going to buy a new tire on your mind or going to pick up water here and there, whatever you have on your mind. I, just, just ask the Lord, Lord, would you remind me between here and there that for 30 seconds, for 60 seconds, for two miles, I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus. You've been good to me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Thank you for looking out for me, my kids, our church, our families, our young people, our elders. I'm telling you, praise works. Praise gets his attention. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm probably stealing her thunder, but let me do this. Nahum, Nahum 1.7. And he knows them that trust in him. <clears throat> what a model for life right there. The Lord is good. Brother Adam, the Lord's been good to you, brother. I mean, not long ago, it was you facing, facing those, those circumstances. The Lord's been good to you, brother. If you've never sat in a cancer ward, if you've never been hooked up to, to a fusion as they call it. God's been good to you. If you have been, God's been good to you. God's mercy endures forever. Because the Lord is good. Lord, I'm driving down the road and I, uh, I just, I need a bucket of nails or I need a gallon of paint and I'm, I'm just going to here to the end of Farm Loop Road, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing but thank kind to me. I deserve work. Bible said he inhabits the praises of his people. It doesn't mean he's hoarding them. It means he lives there. Wherever somebody says, I love you, Jesus. You've been good to me, God. The Bible says he takes up residence right there. It's a difference, man. The Lord is good. If I'm having a good day or not a good day, the Lord is good. If you love me or despise me, the Lord is good. If you like my kids or hate their guts, the Lord is good. If you're healthy, wealthy, and wise and I'm not, the Lord is good. 
period. He's good. He's a stronghold in the day of affliction, trouble. Man, when you don't know what's going to happen, just hold on to Jesus. That's what that's saying. He's a stronghold. I, I ask you for help, and I know you want to help me, but, you know, our hands are tied sometimes. But he's a stronghold. I'm afflicted. I'm troubled. I don't know how. I don't have any peace in my life. He's a stronghold. He's a bedrock to me. And he knows. He knows them that trust in him. I wish I could just communicate to you what I feel in my soul tonight. When I say God is good, I mean it from every fiber of my being. God is good to you. God's been good to me. I know you've been through a lot, Sister Maya. I know we've been through a lot, brother. I know you've been through a lot, my friend. Brother told me he was in the hospital. Went to the hospital Sunday. I know you've been through a lot. But God is good good. Every day, everywhere, in everything we endure, God is good. God is good. So I'm driving down the road yesterday. I'm talking about our daily bread. I don't want to keep telling myself it's all right to just sneak a little peek here and there because the little foxes spoil the vines. I want to feast on things that encourage me to love the Lord. I want my eyes, my ears, my heart to feast on things that draw me closer to God. Hallelujah. And I'm in the, the little snaking turns of Farm Loop Road, and I, I just said, all right, from here to Fish Hook, it's what, a mile and a half, two miles? I'm just going to praise him, and I'm just praising the Lord in the truck, and I'm, I don't care about anything or anybody. And, and I'm just praising the Lord, just as simple-minded as I can praise him. I'm just telling him thank you, and I love him, as I've been trying to say the last 30 minutes or so. And I don't know, about an hour later, the wife, the wife and Sister Jen were in Anchorage. She had her five-hour infusion yesterday. The plan, the doctor's plan, was to go all the way till right past the middle of December with, with the first level of chemo. And that was just in our plans and our understanding. The doctor had said nothing different than that. Chemo will stop December 16th. And then she texted me. She said, good news. My numbers are right. The doctor said, this is the last of the chemo today. She, she did her five hours of chemo yesterday. And the doctor said, I don't want to see you again. Now... <laughs> God's been good. God's been good. Hey. Oh, God, you're good. Not leaving anybody hanging by some pie in the sky admission. I'm just telling you that there's still plans for her. She has surgery and radiation scheduled, and, and, and that's the will of the Lord be done. But I'm saying... That's the first sign of genuine professional victory that's been offered to our ears. And I don't, you, you might say, you might say, well, you know, don't get too excited. Are you kidding me? Every little victory God, every good and perfect gift comes from above. If it's good, God did it. If it's good, he deserves the praise for it. If it's good, I'm going to honor him. Oh, oh. 
You might say, well, Pastor, that had nothing to do with you praising the Lord from the snake corner, snake corner to the... I don't know. But it was an amazing coincidence if it didn't. I'm riding that way, brother. The daily bread that God's Spirit brings you and I, there's nothing the world has that can even compare. I thank God for skilled hands of medical professionals. I do indeed. I thank God for the knowledge, the insight, the, 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 the gentle touch of some of those people. And what a difference those people make in people's lives. There's some bull in a china cabinet. Get out of the way. You appreciate people's bedside manners sometimes. Making big money. They don't have to be that way. But Brother Anthony, people just know. They've got a little milk of human kindness running through their veins. Just care about humanity. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God there are people in this world here tonight and, and, and otherwise that know that even the knowledge they possess may have taken them years to earn, but there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven that gives them ability to learn and the insight to mix medicine with this concoction, and out of that comes good things. I'm talking about my daily bread today. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't want to feast on some deceptive thought I've been trained to have. I want to know, my brother, that if I'm going to be right with God in the end, I'm going to start the process today. I'm going to turn my heart toward good things. I'm going to put my mind on godly things. I'm going to change my appetite to holy things. I'm going to make my taste buds desire righteous things. I don't want I don't want to push anybody away. Maybe you maybe you have similar testimony in your life, but a man that I respect greatly and I've told you too many times to say it again. But he said when I first got the Holy Ghost, don't go crazy on that religious stuff. I said, I don't know what you mean by religious stuff, but I this is a 21, 22, 24-year-old man talking. I said, I don't know what you mean by religious stuff, but when I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I told Fort Crothers in that office, everything's different today. Everything is different today. Inside, everything's different. I... God, you're so good. Let's love him together tonight. In your own personal way, let's just thank him tonight. I love you, Jesus. I'm grateful that every day we can feast our, our inner inward man on the word of God, on the presence of God, on the help of God, on the needs of man. We can bring them before you. Bless your awesome name. Bless your awesome name. Bless your glorious name, God. He feedeth my soul. He feedeth my soul, the songwriter said. He feedeth my soul, and I'll bless his name. Come on, somebody, take a moment. Just bless the Lord.